we're in this series, as you know, this is the last week of this series, and the, the series is called, get this, Five Easy Ways to Wreck Your Life. Isn't that a great title for a series? Five Easy Ways to Wreck Your Life. And so what we've noticed is that there's a lot of ways that people wreck their lives, like lots and lots and lots of ways that you could wreck your life, but we've noticed these five, whoo, these five are killer. So we, we talked on the second, we, the first week was the introduction, the second week we talked about how to wreck your life with adultery. And then we talked, uh, the week after that, is how to lose your faith, how to wreck your life by losing your faith. And then uh, the week after that, we talked about addiction, how, to, how uh, uh, addiction can wreck your life. And then last week, we talked about being discontent, right, how to be unhappy. Now, this week, we're going to talk about how to go broke, right, how to, how to go broke, how to be the most miserably financially stressed person in the world. Now, I'm going to give you, early on, I'm going to give you five easy ways that you could go broke. Now, some of you are already doing some of these, so you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game, all right? Um, but some of you, you need to catch up. So here are the five easy ways to go uh, broke. Here's the first one. Um, uh, whenever you get extra cash, spend it immediately. In other words, let it like burn a hole in your pocket, right? You get it, you spend it. You didn't even want those shoes, but you got the money now, so you got to spend it. You didn't even want that upgrade, but you got the money now, so you spend it. As soon as you get it, make sure you spend it. Don't ever, ever pray. Don't ever pray. When you get your money, when God provides for you dollars and he puts them in your hand, don't ever go like this. Don't ever go, God, this is your money. This is your money. What do you want me to do with this? This is extra money I didn't even know was going to come. God, what do you want me to do with this? Don't do that. If you do, good night. If you do that, you won't go broke. So um, I want you to go broke. So you have, to, you have to, as soon as you get it, you can't think about it. You got to spend it, okay? That's a big deal, okay? Second is don't create a budget. Now, here's the thing. Budgets are all about priorities, and the person who goes broke has upside-down priorities. So you got to make sure never to put priorities in front of you. Because if you put priorities in front of you, then you may not get what you want. You'll have to do what you have to do as opposed to what you want to do. So don't, whatever you do, if you're really intentional about going broke, you have to live without a budget. Now, this is important. Now, some of you are going to balk against this. No, I'll make a budget and go broke. No, you won't. No, you won't. You will not be able to go broke if you make a budget. So make sure that you live life without a budget. Don't live life, listen, don't live life telling your money where to go. Live life letting your bills tell you where your money should go. Number three, always spend what you think you'll make, not what you actually make. Okay, so this is tax season, so this is easy to illustrate, right? So what happens, right? You do out your, your tax forms, right, right? And you come back, and the guy says, oh, we're going to give you $900 back. And you go, $900? That's wonderful. The new iPhone just came out. And then you go, all right, I'm going to put it on the card. Why? Because don't worry, baby. I'll be able to pay for it because I'm getting $900 from uh, the taxes. Because you're spending what you think you'll make. This is easy to do, especially if you have a job that makes commissions. 
And so what you do is you have a base salary, and then you have these commissions, and so you just check what you did last year, and then this year, you just live according to that, only a little bit more. Spend not what you'll actually make, but what you think you'll make. And make sure that you add Christmas bonuses. Make sure that you add gifts, right? Oh, Christmas is coming up. You know, Papa always gives us this much money. Make sure you add those things in. Always spend what you think you'll make, not what you actually have. Fourthly, use credit cards as a way of life. Now, this is very important, and the good news is it's easy to do in America. Uh, listen, I, I, I think I remember um, our dog, Oreo, um, Oreo Cologne, evidently. Um, when I was a kid, uh, we had a family dog called Oreo. Oreo got a credit card. That's how easy it was to get a credit card. They just send these things out to anybody, right? Okay, listen, whatever you do, don't ask yourself, don't tell yourself this question, if I don't got the cash, I'm not going to buy it. Don't ever say that to yourself. Say, ah, all I have to do is 42 easy payments of 19.95. This will be easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't ever, you know, make sure that you live on credit. And then, now, here's the important. If you're going to live on credit, remember, unless you're Donald Trump, you're going to have a limit on your credit card. So you have to get multiple credit cards. And when you get multiple credit cards, what you have to do is after a while, they all start maxing out on each other. So what you do is you use this credit card to pay this credit card. And then use this credit card to pay this credit card until you can't do that anymore. That's the surefire way to go broke. Finally, and this is important, this is really important, don't tithe. Don't tithe. Whatever you do, don't, no laughs? No ha-has? No one thinks this one's funny? Okay, don't tithe. Let me tell you why. Because if you tithe, what you do is you invite God into the equation. God, this is your money. And I want to prioritize it according to you because this is your money. If you do that, God might alert you to other priorities. And that will prevent you from being broke. So what you want to do is forget God altogether not tithe. It's very important that you keep this one because and then that would be inviting God to be Lord of your finances. And you don't want that. Good night. You're Lord of your finances. And you're doing a great job getting broke, so keep it up. All right, so let's look at all five. Let's look at all five again because I, I don't want you to forget these and you got to practice, okay? So the first one is whenever you get extra cash, spend it immediately. Second, uh, don't create a budget. Third, always spend what you think you'll make. Fourth, Use credit cards as a way of life. Fifth, don't tithe. So that's how you go broke. Now, some of you are way ahead of us, and you're already practicing three and four out of the five. Let me encourage you, go the whole way. Or seriously, this is a fantastic way to go broke. And it's a way we've been practicing for far too long. And I don't want you to live as a slave to your finances. I want you, listen to me, I want you to use your money, not be ordered around by it. This is so important. The reason we're talking about this is uh, for a few reasons. One, Jesus talks more about money. Did you know this? Jesus talks more about money than any other subject in the new t uh, that he talks about in any other subject. Did you know that? Jesus talks more about money. You know why? 
because he knows that the number one heavyweight contender for your affections, it's not lust. It's not, it's not anything. It's not sin and all this other stuff. You know what it is? It's your stuff. It's your stuff. That's the number one heavyweight contender for your worship. Jesus knows that you will either worship him or worship your stuff, your money. And so he talks about this over and over again. In the end, you will either worship God and use money or you will use money. I mean, you will worship, um, yeah, you will use God and worship money. That's, by the way, the big idea for today. This message is an effort for you to worship God and use money, not use God and worship money. Do you see the difference here? This is an unbelievably important uh, 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 juxtaposition. God is to be worshipped. Money is to be used. But many of us, when we get right down to it, what happens is we get into a financial bind and we run to God and say, God, can you help me out with my finances? Having no desire to use his finances to glorify him, but just to get us out of the jam that we got ourselves into. And so we go to God and we say, God, you get me out of this one. And so what winds up doing is that we stay worshipping money and we start using God. When God says, no, it's supposed to be the other way around. I want you to worship God and use money, not use God, and worship money. Now, this is everywhere in the Bible, all over the place. Oh, my goodness. It's just, listen, you only think that this is a bad sermon or a bad idea for, and, and I know, right? You woke up in the morning, and you said, you know what I want to do? I want to go to a church with a cat wearing a bow tie to talk to me about money. <laughs> That's what you were thinking when you woke up. I know, I know. Of course, nobody thinks like that, right? Nobody wants that. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I just, this is not what I want from you. This is what I want for you. Every time. Every time. So God speaks about money in a enormous, I mean, God speaks so much about money that we could have picked many passages. We decided to pick one because it was where the promise was so clear. Um, you're, we're going to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Now, before you stand, let me tell you this, because I know that there's uh, quite a few of us that are new, so I, I want you to know. It, in, in this church, the reason that we stand is because we really do think that God's ideas are better than I, our ideas, and we respect them to such a degree that we stand and say, you know what, we're, we're going to hear something that comes out of the mouth of God and so we stand in reverence, in respect. If the president walked in the room, you would do the exact same thing. Only God is far greater than any political leader in the world. And so um, we're going to stand. And I'm going to read this word. Now, what I want is I want this word to wash over you. So you just receive it and, and take it in, and I'll read it to you. Paul is writing to Timothy after he told him all that stuff that we talked about last week. Remember last week? We talked about be content. Be content. Remember what we said last week? We said last week um, that when you, you destroy what you have when you over-desire what you don't have. 
right? Isn't that true? Like if you have a girlfriend, you destroy that relationship when you over-desire another girlfriend. You know, I mean, my goodness, right? If you have a skateboard, you do this, right? You over-desire that which you, you destroy what you have when you, oh, why isn't my, you know, computer, whatever, your house, your church, anything. Whenever you over-desire something you don't have, you wind up destroying what you do have. So after we get that lesson of contentment, Paul then takes a few minutes to tell Timothy, Timothy, you know, fulfill your calling, do your duty, rock it out, you know, do that, right? He gives Timothy uh, instructions, and then he gets to this deal about finances, and it's really big, all right? You ready? Okay, so here it is. Command, uh, we're reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so, so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. This is God's word. Please have a seat. So, the big idea being worship God and use money, not use God and worship money. And Paul starts off with this unbelievably uh, powerful sentence because it's a command. It's like an ordering, right? So now here's what Paul says. He says this. Paul, by the way, is an apostle, uh, a person who's called by Jesus Christ to spread the news of Jesus Christ in the first century. Um, and he's amazing. He writes a lot of the New Testament. He's one of the top five most important figures in history. This dude is a big deal. Forget, forget Bible stuff. If you're not into Bible stuff, oh, all that Bible stuff. This is one of the top five most important people in history. Listen to what this dude says. He says this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. Now look at me. The temptation for those of us here in Brooklyn or in Glasgow or in Columbia, wherever you're listening to the podcast, the temptation for us is to say this doesn't ap apply to me. Because look, look at what he says. Command the rich. Command those who are rich. And we go, ah, I'm not rich. Ah, hey, this doesn't apply to me. You're speaking to the wrong church, Pastor. You know, there's, there's other churches we could be speaking to, right? So I'm going to take the next three minutes to convince you that you're rich, because you are. You really, really are. Okay. If you got up in the morning and your plumbing wasn't working right, but it was inside your house, those are rich people problems. Most of the world doesn't know anything about indoor plumbing. Most of the world doesn't. And I'm, I'm talking like you're in the top 5% of the whole world. 95% of the world would trade places with your problems. If you, if you got in a car that you either lease or own, you got into a car and you made your way over here, and your car broke down, those are rich people problems. Because less than 5% of the world 
owns its own vehicle. You go, I didn't have a car. If you had a card and you swept and you, you swiped it and you had a chauffeur drive you here either by bus or train and you got off on the wrong stop, those are rich people problems. Because the, the rest of the world knows nothing about that. If you're going to get to the other town, you have to walk. It's 10 miles. It doesn't matter. You have to walk. Oh, if, if you thought to yourself, do these shoes go with these clothes? Should I wear another pair of shoes? If you had any shoe to put on today, top 5% in the world. The whole world would trade places with you. If the shoes that you have have holes under them, those are rich people problems. If today, if today you opened up your closet and you had this thought, I wonder what I should wear. If you had that thought today, you had a thought that 95% of the world never thought of in all their life. They've had one shirt and one pair of pants and no shoes for the last all their life. It is, if you weren't sure about what you were going to wear today, that's rich people problems. If you've ever gone to a restaurant, I don't care if it was Peter Luga's or McDonald's. If you went to a place where you paid somebody money to cook your meal, like your own professional chef, for that moment, and it was a bad meal, and you sent it back, you have rich people problems. The whole world knows nothing about a meal being cooked by somebody else other than a family. They just, they just don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's, imagine going into a hut in India and going... I had such a tough day. And they go, really? Tell me, what, what's it about? And they go, you know, I had this burger in McDonald's, and I was like, it was cold. I was like, I threw it away. I didn't want anything to do with it. They go, you you, you if you ever left any food on your plate, and you said, that's it, I'm not going to eat anymore for any reason. Rich people problems. Rich people problems. If you, ever, if you ever ate till you can't eat anymore, we're now down to the 3%. Top 3% richest people in the world. Like if you ever said, if you ever made this statement, oh, I can't have another bite. Rich people problems. You have no idea how rich we are. I was homeless, and I was the pimp daddy of homeless people. Because even being homeless... I had shelter. Like, I wasn't homeless, like, living under the stars. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're rich. So when I, okay, so the answer to this next question is uh, me. The, next, the answer to the next series of questions is me, okay? What's the answer to the next series of questions? Oh, you stink. Okay, we're going to try that one more time. The answer to the next question is me. This is, okay, this is, how easy is this test, okay? How easy is this test? The answer to the next questions are me. So what's the answer to the next questions? Me. There you go. Okay, so when we're talking about rich people in this service, who are we talking about? Me. Okay, when Paul is directing the rich 
to, uh, to live in a particular way. Who's he talking about? Who are the rich people who are listening to this message? That's right. That's absolutely right. Every one of us. Don't look to your neighbor. Don't think about the person you should have invited who really has a lot of money. No, no, no. You're rich. You. We're talking about you. We're talking about me. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. This is so key. Don't put your hope in wealth. You know why you don't put your hope in wealth? People who put their hope in wealth wind up committing suicide when the wealth is gone. I mean, my goodness, haven't you heard about this? People losing everything that they got and then they kill themselves? We hear about this all the time. But here's, all right, Paul is about to give you the foundation for your thought on money. He's about to give it to you. So everything I'm about to say right now is super, super important. Who's this next phrase for? Anybody know? It is. But put to their... um, who uh, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put the hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Why does Paul say that? Paul says that because he knows that you're going to put your hope in something. You are. Listen, the, the fact is we don't have, we don't have, alcoholic issues, we don't have greed issues, we don't have money issues, we don't have, you know what we have? We have worship issues. Worship issues. God knows you're going to put your hope in something. God knows you're going to put all of it, and it could be in that girlfriend. She's awesome. Or it could be in that boyfriend. Oh, man, he rocks. Or it could be in that education. Oh, man, if I do that, then I'll really be happy. Or it could be in that job. Oh, man, if I could, make that, if I could just rise to that level at the job, I'll be really happy. But you're going to put your hope in something. Paul says, don't put your money. Don't put your hope in money. Why? Because it's uncertain. It's here today, gone tomorrow. You don't believe me? Ask the people who invested with Bernie Madoff. They had a lifetime a lifetime of wealth that they gave to this cat. And and listen, in Tuesday, everything was fine. Everything was good. Their money was growing. Their retirement fund was, was, was done. Everything was good. On Wednesday, some of them committed suicide. Because they put their hope in money. You see, this is, I'm going back to what I was telling you before. This is not something that I want from you. This is something that I want for you. Because everybody, Jesus knows that everybody is going to have greed, want to grip your heart. And Jesus is saying, I don't want that God to have a hold of your heart. I don't want that God to have a hold of your heart. So he says, I want to break the grip of greed on your life. That's why he says, don't put your hope in money. Put your hope in God. And here it is, folks. You know why we could put our hope in God? Because God, who was eternally wealthy, came from heaven to earth to live like a pauper and live the life that you should have lived, but you didn't. And die the death that you deserve to die, but you don't have to. 
He died on a cross, not tithing his blood, but giving all of it. Not tithing his life, but giving all of it. And because of that, you and I get to be blessed. You and I get to have hope in difficult times. You and I get to be encouraged in moments where there's lean and there's not much. You and I get to be celebrating when the whole world is, uh, is saddened. And the reason is, it's because we have our hope in Christ. In the end, your money, the way you treat your money, is a reflection of how you look at Christ. I want to look like Christ, you should say. So I want to be super generous. Because Jesus was generous to me with his whole life. And because of him, I am blessed. So he says, don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but, put, but, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Did you know that? You know why God provided for you? It's for your joy. Isn't that good news? Like those sneakers that you don't like so much, you go, God, you gave me these for my joy. Oh, man, my feet are so comfortable. I'm walking. Or maybe they're not comfortable, but they're better than barefoot. And, you know, it's, it's for your joy. God provided this church with the finances to buy their ch those chairs. You know that those chairs cost more than just the, the metal ones. But we provided it for you for your joy, for your comfort. Isn't that neat? Okay, so everything that you have, the place that you live in, even if you live in a one-room uh, in those one-room places where you have to share your uh, kitchen and your bathroom, right? You go, God, you provided this for my joy because it'll do one of two things, right? Number one, you'll grow in gratitude. You'll say, man, this is great. Oh, man, I got to share the bathroom and, and they're not the cleanest people in the world and I got to share the kitchen and they don't clean up after themselves. And, you know, but God, this is so much better than living outside, this is so much better than living outside. And then after you live in there for a little while, you go, God, this is such a good experience because I never want to come back here. So I'm going to work hard. I'm not going to use. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to, you know. So it's for your enjoyment. But no, but it's for your joy. It's for your joy. You think that God is like a sad sack and he's like a wet blanket who just wants to crush your um, joy. No, 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 no. God gives you everything for your joy. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. Have a great time. That broke down car, enjoy it. That, 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 those clothes that don't fit as nice as those other people's clothes, enjoy them. God gives you everything for your joy and for his glory. And so I want to illustrate that for a second, okay? And I am going to need a, all right, Justin, would you come up here? Okay, and Robert, I'm going to need you. And Gus, come up as well. And would you come up? I know, it's crazy, right? This is like... <laughs> I know. Would you? Is, is it cool? Okay, right. Let's give her a special encouragement. Yay! We're so grateful. Okay. Okay. So now here's how it works, right? Let me see. Do I have enough? Yeah. This is great. Thanks. You stand. You stand over here. I'm sorry. Come over here. Yep. What's your name? Sabrina. Sabrina. Super cool to meet you, Sabrina. This is Sabrina, everybody. She's rocking. All right. Awesome. Okay. Um, so here's what happens, right? Robert is a follower of Christ, right? And so we praise God for Robert. And what God is going to do, because Robert, and none of us are, I'm not saying this about Robert, I'm saying about none of us are that bright, none of us are that good, but God provides Robert with a pay. And it's his gift. 
And you go, no, 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 I worked hard for it. I'm real smart. I went to school. Well, who gave you that school? How were you, able to, how were you able to be born in a society where school was even possible? You couldn't figure that out. God did. You didn't do it. God gave it to you. So God gave uh, Robert an opportunity to earn his wage. And you know what God's going to do? God is so gracious. Robert is going to get more money than he needs because God is good like that. He's going to give Robert more than he needs, not more than his greeds, more than his needs. And so what's going to happen is, is that Robert gets this money and he holds it reverently and he says, God, where do you want me to, what do you want me to do with these finances? What do you want me to do with these finances? Now, we're going to talk about the tithe in a minute, but outside of the tithe, what Robert's going to do is going to, he's going to see, oh my goodness, Justin is in real need. So now, since God gave um, Robert, since God gave Robert more than he needed, he loves Jesus and he sees Justin's need. And so he gives it to Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now this is, this is awesome. Because now, let me ask you, when God gave Robert the finances, who got the joy? Who, whose enjoyment was that for? Robert's, right? Yeah. It was for God's glory and Robert's joy. But now watch this. Who's rejoicing now? Robert and Justin. You see how this is going? So God provided Robert with finances, and there are two people rejoicing. But you know what? There's a friend that Justin has. And God was so gracious, and he's so grateful for the way God provided for him. He's going to do without, and he's going to say, you know, I just, man, I, I'm just going to give it to Gus. Now, Justin gave it to Gus. Now, this is big. This is big because the joy, listen to me, the joy Robert had, Robert shared that joy with Justin, but now somebody that Robert never met is being overjoyed in Jesus because it's not about Robert, right? It's about Jesus. And it's overjoyed in Jesus because of what God has done in Robert. This is just one person's life. Now, here's what, what happens. Now, uh, they're, all, uh, uh, they're all Christians, right? Robert, Justin, Gus, they're all Christians. And the first thing they did when they received their money is that they tithed, right, to the church, right? And they said, you know what? God is doing some great things at Recovery House of Worship. And by the way, I'm also speaking, when I'm talking about tithing, man, I'm speaking to our podcast. We have hundreds of people who listen on podcasts who would be effortless, to go online, go into our website, and give a donation. You guys, man, you're being blessed by it. If you were blessed by it, give. Okay, that's my only commercial. Um, now, what happens is Amanda here, Sabrina, you should have let me go with Amanda. It would have been a joke on me. It would have been perfect. She could have laughed at me the whole way. Sabrina, the lovely Sabrina here, has a problem that none of them can financially do. It's just too great for them. You know, she's, uh, you know, her husband left her and, and the rent and the bills and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, it's, you wouldn't be laughing if that was actually happening, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so no, no, no. But, you know, something tragic happened, medical emergency. And, and they don't have enough to give her and they don't know Sabrina. But what happened? Sabrina came to the church. And this church was so faithful in their tithing that we had. And we said, Sabrina. And you be provided for. And you be taken care of. Watch. Because of what you have done 
in tithing. But that's what God means when he says everything that he gives you, he gives you for your enjoyment. Because there's a deep and profound joy in being a vessel used by God to be generous to others. Does that make sense? All right, let's thank these people. You guys rock. All right, thank you so much. Give me all the money back. Yep. <laughs> you guys are great. Thanks. That's how God is. It's for your enjoyment. It's for your joy. Okay, so command them to, and then Paul is going to give a bunch of commands, which I'll describe in a second. Command them to do good, be rich in good deeds, be generous, willing to share. That's, that's, what, that's what Paul is commanding. So you be generous. You, you be good. You, you, be, you be extravagant in good deeds. You go all out in being generous. You, you do that. Now, watch this. In this way, in other words, if you in Christ, right? Because what are we doing? We're not being good for goodness sake. We're being reminded. We're going like this. We're going, oh, wait, Jesus. Jesus, you gave up everything so I could be blessed. I'll give up something so someone else could be blessed. See, we, the more we look at Jesus, we don't do this because we're going, oh, I want to be a better person. Oh, I want to be a better person. You'll never be a better person. Stop trying. We're not talking about being a better person. We are talking about looking like Jesus. And the more we reflect on Jesus, the more, the more we grow in love with him. So in this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. Do you see how cool this is? This is so cool. Because here's the deal. Guys, if I give you the shirt off my back, it's not the last shirt I'll have, even if I never have another shirt here on this earth. Because there's a coming age to come. There's a coming age to come. In other words, this world is not all there is. And I know, right? If you're like me, when I came into church, I was like, oh my goodness, he's not going to talk about heaven. Um, it's like, you know, I just, I, I had such, anything supernatural, I had such a repulsion towards and so I get that. So if you're here, I'm like that too. I get it. But I'm telling you, when the dead guy gets up and says that you'll be with him in paradise, I tend to go with that guy. You know, I mean, like it doesn't, I don't need a high IQ for this. When the dead guy got up after three days being dead and says, oh, you're going to be with me forever and I'm going to prepare a place for you, psh, I'm following that dude. Like, I don't know where you're going, but I'm going to go with that guy, right? In this way, they'll lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. In other words, listen to me. You, you ever heard the statement, you can't take it with you? Right? It's true. You can't take it with you. But you know what you can do? You can send it on ahead. You might not be able to take it with you, but you could send it on ahead. There's this funny joke. Um, and I, I won't take the time to say it, but in, the essence of the joke is a guy sees uh, Peter at the pearly gates, because it's a Catholic joke, and so you have to see Peter at the pearly gates. And so, you know, he dies, and he sees Peter, and then he goes, and he sees, uh, you know, he's a rich guy, and he goes, and he goes, um, who's oh, so whose house is that? You know, oh, that's, uh, who's, you know, he said, well, that's my house. And he goes, wow, that's amazing. And then he goes, um, the next wing next, who, who was that? Well, that was the, 
the, the woman who went to your church and who served and nobody knew, and, she just, and she's just as close to Jesus as she can be. And then, you know, he go a little bit further, and it's a smaller house, right? And it's like, yo, who's that? Oh, that was a, another guy in your community who served people and who gave of, his, uh, g- gave of himself generously. He didn't have much, but he gave. And then he sees uh, a porta potty. And he goes, he goes, whose house is that? He goes, that's your house. <laughs> and he goes, what are you talking about? How is that my house? He goes, well, we worked with all the money that you gave towards the kingdom, and that's all we could build. And so... All right, it's a bad preacher joke. When I say that around, when I say that, when I say that, when I say that around pastors, we're all like, oh, 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 oh. when you say it in church, it's like, ish. Okay. Okay. So, no, 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 because, no, 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 but, but really, that's, a, that's, that's not the way it's going to be. That's not the way it's going to be. That's not the way it's going to be. But what I'm trying to do is illustrate a point that there is some truth to that, that there's a firm foundation that we lay on ahead. We don't earn it. We don't merit it. We don't, we don't try for it. But there's something beautiful about that. And it's in the coming age so that we may take hold of the life that is true life. Isn't that good? I love that. Life that is true life. Living it up. Right? That kind of life. So you go, okay, so you're sitting here and you're going, you know what? I want to do that. I want to live God. I want to live with my money God's way. So how am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? I'm going to teach you how to do it. If you give me five minutes, I'll teach you how to do that. Would you be willing to listen for five more minutes? Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Um, as Sam comes up. So. Uh, oh, no. Here we go. Okay. So it's like this. Now, if, for those of you who are on podcasts who can't see this, maybe somebody will film it and you'll see it on the internet. Um, uh, but there's a table here. And what you do is you and I earn money. Now, some of us earn a very small pile of money. And then others of us earn a medium-sized pile of money. And others of us have a whole stinking mountain of, of earnings, right? And it's all different. I don't care how much it is. I just care that you know how much it is. So, oh, and by the way, I didn't invent this illustration. I got it from a pastor in Chicago. His name is uh, Bill Hybels uh, from Willow Creek Community Church. Uh, I don't try to be original. I just want to be effective with you, okay? So, um, so these are your earnings. These are your earnings, okay? Whatever it is. Now, the problem, the, or, or rather, what God wants us to do is, and again, You'll never have tension like financial tension, ever. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it in marriage. Any married people say amen? There's nothing like financial tension in marriage. There's nothing like financial tension if you're single. I mean, it's crazy. Okay. So here it is. God says, I want to be first. I want to be first. And the reason I want to be first is because I want you to be reminded that money's not your God. I'm your God. And that I provide for you, not money. And you don't give to God, you return to God because he's given you everything. How could you give to God when all of it's his anyway? It would be like me giving you the keys to my car for a week, like I go away, and I go, here, use my car for a week. And then you come back to me, and you go, <laughs> and you cry, and you say, you know, Edwin, I love you so much. <sighs> I just feel led by God to give you this keys to this car. 
I go, bro, what are you smoking? <laughs> that's, that's my car. It's the key smoker. You ain't giving me nothing. Give me my car back, and you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. But that's what we do with God. We go, we pray, and we go, oh, God, how much should I get? God, I'm going to give you this money. God's like, what are you kidding me? It's mine. And then some of us, listen, some of us go, but listen, I can't give a tenth, because that's what tithe means, it's a tenth. You go, I can't give a tenth. If I gave a tenth, it would be too much. There's a funny joke about a guy um, who said, went to his pastor and said, you know, pray for me. Um, I can't give a tenth of my offering because I make too much money. I make like a million dollars, right? So I can't, that'd be like $100,000 if I gave that. And so the pastor said, sure, I'll pray for you. So he put his arm around the, uh, the guy and he said, let's pray. And he said, God, would you please lower this guy's earnings so he could feel comfortable giving to you? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right. It's a silly thing to do, right? God has blessed me with so much, I can't give. It's too. How silly is that, right? Okay. So now this is, this kind of giving is not willy-nilly. This is intentional percentage giving. Choose your percentage. 9%, 11%, I don't care. I just care that you start somewhere and that you grow. Because I want you to grow in generosity, just like I want you to grow in prayer, just like I want you to grow in reading your Bible, I want you to grow in being kind, I want you to grow in generosity. So pick your percent. I don't care. What's your percent? I know what my percent is. Pick your percent. My percent is more this year than it was last year. Your percent should be too. Okay. Better. God is first. Secondly, the Bible teaches this, although I don't have too much time to go into the text about it, but I can, there's hundreds of texts about this, that you should put away for a rainy day. You should put some money away. If the boiler breaks down, if the car breaks down, if the kids need another pair of shoes, if the, you know, it, you should put money away for emergencies. Guys, if you don't got this, do this like right away. Eat bologna sandwiches for the rest of the week, uh, rest of the month. Like just $1,000 is a good place to start. For our church, $1,000. To have $1,000 as an emergency uh, thing, that's a great place to start. What you want to do eventually is you want to have your emergency fund at, um, for three months. Three months of your, like how much does it cost to live three months? So if you're, even if your job fires you, you have three months. You, you, ain't, you ain't dying. You ain't, you're not telling the landlord, please, please don't kick me out. You got three months worth. It's plenty of time to get, for you to find a job, right? You with me? So first thing, God, so when you make your earnings, what's the first thing you should do? Anybody know? Okay. And then the second thing you should do is what? Emergency funds. Then, savings and investment. Now, I just recently got into this world because I'm Puerto Rican and I'm from Brooklyn and I don't know nothing about investments or anything like that. Listen, I, my mother was on the cheese line, for real. Like the welfare kids made fun of my family. We were poor. So the fact that I have anything at all, and all I have is like a little retirement thing. I'm not like moving and shaking in the stock market, but it's an IRA. I figure I'm gonna, my wife is going to outlive me. I want to have some money um, when I die. I think that was her who said amen. Um, okay, and so <laughs> savings and investment, right? Because there's going to be a day where you might not be able to work. You get what I'm saying, right? God wants you to be taken care of, Bobby. Listen, Mama, God wants you to be taken God doesn't want you to sell tomorrow at a fire sale for you today. In other words, don't use all of your money. Like, this is crazy. You know that people work for 20 years 
and you ask them, well, what, were you, what are your savings? And they go, nothing. I go, you, you didn't pay yourself? You paid the credit card bills? You paid the, somebody else's rent? You, paid, you never paid yourself? That's crazy. Pay yourself. Because remember, this is not something I want from you. This is something I want for you. I hope you hear me. First, you give to God. Second, it's the emergency fund. Third, it's um, savings and investment. And then finally, spend. Spend and enjoy. Right? You get your nails done, right? Get your nails done. You know, you, you buy that, you know, you buy the Oreo cookies instead of the, like, you know, the, the, the key food brand. That's cool too, right? Spend whatever you're going to do. You know, be wise about it. Don't be stupid about it. But, you know, you're going to buy yourself those shoes. Good. Do that. Do that. But spend what you're going to spend after having done it God's way. After running the table the right way. Here's the problem. What happens is that we run the table. We run it the wrong way. This is how we do life. We go, we make some money here, and we go, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend it. Buy those shoes, get that car upgrade, buy that phone. Because we all know that that phone is not going to be $10 in just a year. You know, you got to get it now for $700. I get it, I get it. Then if there's anything left over, and there usually isn't, we'll save something. You know, you got a 1040 account, you know, whatever it is. If there's anything left. And you know what happens in the emergency fund. Well, good night. There's barely anything left over for the emergency fund if it ever makes it there. And let's, let's talk real talk. It doesn't make it there. And there's nothing for God. And we go, I want to be like Jesus, just not in generosity. But I want to be like Jesus, just not in... It's silly. So don't run the table the wrong way. This is a formula for going broke. This is the way that God will help you and just, I want that for you so bad. I want that for you so bad. So if you're wrestling with this, I hope you hear my heart. I promise I don't want anything from you. I promise you. I want something for you. Secondly, I hope you hear that God says that the foundation for the way we handle money is by Jesus did with his wealth. And Jesus gave it all away. And that if, when we look at Jesus, we can't help but be generous. So we're a percentage giver. We're a percentage giver. You pick your percent. 9%, 11%, whatever your percentage is. And then, if God leads you, you give an offering for something. That's happened before. I give my tithes here, but I also give offerings. Great, great. And so we have opportunities for that. And then you go to emergency, savings, and then you spend. This is a formula for health, and I want you to be healthy. So I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to ask you a question. You don't have to answer out loud. What are you going to do? Are you going to go back to being selfish and greedy and just spending all your money? Are you going to, what's the devil going to tell you now? I know what he's going to tell you. He's going to say, you can't afford to. You know, you wish you could. If you win the lottery, then you'll really be generous. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because what you do with the little is what you'll do with a lot. 
You go, but I can't afford to. Pastor, you don't understand my circumstances. I can't afford to. And I would say, you can't afford not to. You go, I can't afford to. Hey, listen, let me ask you this question. At what point do you want God involved in your finances? When you're out of debt or while you're still in debt? Like, when would you like God's help in your finances? Oh, when you're in debt, for sure. God, please help. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you saying, start by saying, God, I trust you first. I'm going to start here. And then I'm going to give, I'm going I'm to put my emergency funds here. And then I'm going to save and invest. Then I'll spend whatever else you leave me. I'll spend it. And I'll do it with joy every step of the way. What are you going to do? My prayer is that you'll do what Jesus says to do. Be generous. Look to Jesus. See his generosity and let that overwhelm you and be generous. That's my prayer for you. Uh, so my prayer is that this week you would just go, yep, I'm going to do it. The very first. Don't wait till you pay everything. Don't, don't do it this way. Pay the bills, do everything. Now I'm going to give God something. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It's God for you, you make 100 potatoes, you give God 10 potatoes. You make 1,000 potatoes, you give God 100 potatoes. You, so yeah. Why don't we stand? I'm going to pray for you. Could you imagine? Imagine. Imagine if you weren't freaked out about money. Could you imagine? Imagine losing your check and not freaking out because you have some savings that will carry you throughout that week. Could you imagine somebody coming up to your house and saying, I need help, and you not just having a broken heart for them, but being able to go, I could help because God helped me to do my finances his way. Could you imagine? Could you imagine your wife or your husband saying, you know, I really want to go back to school. And you're going, you know, we've done God, you, we've done money God's way. Go ahead. Go to school. Wouldn't that be awesome? That could be you. But it's got to start somewhere. I pray that you start today. Let's pray. Father, you're so good to us. Everything that you've given us is for our enjoyment. I pray, God, that we would see Jesus as the purpose and the point of this message. That because of what he has done, we can then be generous because he was generous. We could be generous because he was kind. We could be kind because he gave of himself. We could give of our finances. Thank you, God, for giving us Jesus. Remind us, oh Lord, when we struggle with this, to think of Jesus and his sacrifice and remind us to be grateful and overjoyed over what you've given us through Jesus and in Jesus. Help us, oh God. Help us to be grateful towards you and generous towards this community and even beyond. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen.